Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. Social media calendars. If you don't have one, research it and get one. If you do have one, keep listening to this episode. How often should you be posting? What should I change to improve my organic content? What's the future of social media? All these questions get answered by serial entrepreneur Arjun Ray. Arjun is the founder of HelloWoofy.com, a smart social media scheduler. He and his team are building a smart marketing platform in a very interesting way. He's building the platform with the very underdogs he's selling to and letting them become shareholders and owners in the very company they're using. It's an interesting approach to scaling a tech company, and we have him here today sharing marketing tips for underdogs. Welcome, Arjun. Hello, hello. How are you? Hello from New York City. You have an interesting perspective on social media. Let's let's start there. Let's talk about that. So our whole whole mission at Hello Woofy is to help small businesses, we call them underdogs, with smart marketing. And what does smart mean? It could mean artificial intelligence, it could mean data science, but that's just on the tech side. When it comes to mindset, and that's the most important thing, no matter how amazing technology you build and, and whatnot, it's about the driver in the seat. And we always encourage our underdogs, our small business uh, customers, to think about content from an evergreen perspective. We don't believe in creating and then destroying, creating and destroying, which is a lot of what our competitors say, tell you to do is create the content on a Sunday evening, schedule it out for the next week or two, and then do it again in two weeks and do it again in two weeks. It's almost like a NASA approach, which is in the old days, they would create the rocket and then it would be a one-time use and then create a rocket and one-time use. We think of ourselves more along the lines of Tesla. We should be reusing the content. And so one of the things that I'm about to share with you on the screen is our approach, which we call um, essentially an evergreen library, or we like to call it a smart library as well. And so for your viewers who are listening in who aren't able to see what we're, we're showing right now, think of this as a user interface where you have buckets, you have themes, you have categories, which literally we call it categories on the left side. And all of these categories can store multiple pieces of content that ideally are evergreen and that you're using again and again and again. So you bring up this great point about categories. And I think there's so many companies out there that aren't creating this, this scaffolding, this repeatable process. And, and, and you can do this through categories. We, uh, it's been called themes before. So why don't you break down this idea of what is a theme? What is a category? So it's a great question. And we actually do it at our own business. And we encourage our underdogs to do the same thing, which is essentially those scaffolding uh, is essentially content that you can reuse again and again. So for example, in, in our case, we have motivational quotes. We have 22 pieces of content that we can share maybe twice a week. And we have several weeks worth of content to use again and again. We also have a Facebook group called Content Masters. And so we have tips on how to use a product, tips on the best practices around SEO and social media marketing, blog marketing or whatnot. And those tips are evergreen and we can share them again and again. So when it comes to talking about what content you should be sharing for like, for example, a coffee shop, maybe you have specific days of the week that you have specific kinds of coffees that you're promoting or specific ingredients you're promoting or the uh, specific mission uh, elements of the mission that you're after or you're promoting. 
marketing or if you're a, a car dealership, right? You have different kinds of vehicles you're promoting and those each of those can be categories. And again, you're talking about the same models, you're talking about the same features again and again. So you don't have to recreate the content again and again. If you store them, store them into the category, you can then set them off to the, to the, to the uh, calendar and have it come out on an ongoing basis, depending on how often you want that to come out. So if you want it every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday, that's a three-day campaign that you can run again and again using the same content uh, repeatedly. And on top of that, you can do single posts, which is just you know time-sensitive posts that you want to get out immediately out the door. But the point is you want to have at least a, a, a structure to your content calendar, which we can talk about when we move over to the calendar itself. No, that, that's absolutely brilliant. I think this idea of a content calendar with the scaffolding, the structure makes so much sense. I mean, you know, when I started this agency several years ago, we, we, we started managing the social media calendars of many clients. And I, to be able to even pull this off and to be able to repeat this and, and teach this at a scalable way, I had to create something. And I, at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of conversation around themes or categories. It was just something I developed internally. And then I realized the rest of the world was using it. It's kind of funny. It's like, <laughs> it's just like when you come up with something and then the rest of the world's using it, it's just kind of obvious that that's what it is. And so, you know, it's funny. One of our, our campaigns um, that I think we should spend a, a second on is understanding who the audience is and what kind of content they react to. And, um, this is sort of an investigation. Some, uh, someone called it digital detective work. And this idea of like what kind of content the audience responds to. And so one of, the, one of the pieces of content that a particular campaign did really well for us was memes. And, you know, like very particular type of memes. I'm not going to go into it. It's no point. But very particular types of memes would work really, really well. And so, so that was... That's on, I'm pretty sure that's like every Thursday, every other Thursday, we have memes on that calendar. And then there was um, another one called Encounters. It was sort of um, encounters in the real world. Again, not going to go into it, but these encounters in the real world, how um, from, from a self-defense pr perspective. Um, and it was really interesting. People really responded really well. We actually had one video go so viral. It went, this is an organic post on Facebook. It saw like 9.8 million views over like four or five months. And I think to be honest with you, that video still gets seen today somehow. Um, and it was like posted over a year ago. So, so it kind of goes into this idea of like, we need to figure out what the audience is responding to and then then that's when we can create those that scaffolding and saying okay this category or this theme works really well i saw in there uh, most people are listening to this on audio but i saw pets why don't you talk to us why did you include pets in there well at the end of the day people buy from people and i think there's an element to animals in in company culture that just sets off so many emotions um bringing animals in some people tend to be very focused on the emotional side of that or there's actually studies and like mailchimp is an example of an animal mascot that you're actually able to connect with people on a more emotional level from a brand perspective the corporate culture is one thing but when you add an ele element of you know just, let's just say humanity like in our case, it's actually my real dog. It's, it's his name is Snoopy. And it goes really well with connecting with our customers because A, 
most of them like dogs. Um, and second of all, they're also underdogs. They're small businesses that can relate to our mission of, you know, being in a very competitive industry, you know, literally, you know, clawing our way up uh, with uh, with technology and at a price point that everyone can afford. And so they can relate to it. Now, just those two factors themselves do does so well in our sales pitches um, that they actually go on to d taking another step, which is not just using our subscription uh, or paying us for the subscription and using our platform, they end up investing in our company and becoming shareholders as well, which we can talk about another time. But equity crowdfunding has been such a great component of our business model with the theme and everything that it actually has been, you know, very, very um, financially helpful for us over the last 12 months. You know, I mean, well, it goes to your name, right? Hello, Wolfie. I mean, you're, you're leveraging that. And, and I bet you, I bet you people comment, uh, call, speak in some form, communicate back to you that like, Hey, the dog, or hey, the dog. This, right? Do you hear that feedback? We we all oftentimes get the uh, the the feedback that oh, I thought it was the office episode in real life, or hey, you know, I thought it was a pet sitting company or pet walking company. But when we we tell them, hey, you know, smart marketing for underdogs, they totally get it. They're like, oh, I'm an underdog. I need to get to where my competitors are. Um, how can you help me? And then that conversation just naturally happens. No, it's absolutely wonderful. It goes to this idea that, you know, um, and I hope and everyone listening to this, I mean, we're, I don't know what episode this is going to end up being, but hopefully by now, if you've listened to any part of this podcast, um, you understand you shouldn't just be promoting your product. You shouldn't be just trying to sell, sell, sell whatever software, service, product, anything that you've got going on. You got to be relatable. And I think that, you, that you've done that really, really well. Let's go back now to the social media calendar and let's go to a social media post itself. There is a lot of ingredients. You got the caption, the photo, maybe what, what emojis you, there's just so many pieces to the ingredients of a social media post. Can you break that down? And then once you break that down, kind of going into how do we know what and when to use it? It's a great question. I'm going to start sharing my screen again for our visual viewers, but then also our audio viewers. What I'm showing you essentially is a snapshot of Hello Woofy itself, and it's a text editor. And as I'm going to start typing, it's going to start recommending content for me, emojis for me. When I start pasting in links, it's going to start giving me hashtags. But the, the ingredients, you, you mentioned the, the ingredients that go into crafting the perfect message are the combination of those things. You should be sharing a call to action, which could be a link or a phone number. You should be sharing content or text that is engaging and, you know, is very enticing. And you definitely need to be including emojis. Now, as far as the emojis are concerned, please don't use the same, ha you know, the same vegetables, the same smiley faces, the same finger gestures. Be a little bit more thoughtful. And that's actually where our patented technology comes in. So, for example, I'm just going to start typing in uh, how are how are you, Julian? And it's going to enter a question mark there. So what you would notice, Julian, is that I only typed in H-O-W space A and it recognized that I might be saying how are you. Now, this is based on hundreds of millions of data points. This is, in my opinion, that uh, how are you should be typed out. Based on hundreds of millions of con uh, conversations, we've, we've think that that's what I'm uh, about to say. Now, of course, we love you. So again, I only type in LO of the word love you and my coffee. It's a simple example of, you know, my love for coffee. But then below, Julian, what you're going to start noticing is about a dozen or so, half a dozen emojis being populated. Because based on what I've typed in so far and based on the data, we feel that these emojis are going to be the best for you. Because what we've done essentially is built an entire neural network 
of the English language. Now, for our viewers who are listening in, what I'm showing now on the screen is essentially a web of different points which are represented by hashtags and how they are used with certain emojis and those emojis and how they're used by certain words and whatnot. The reason why we built this uh, overall, and there are hundreds of millions of uh, uh, nodes on the back end, is to give you that representation of how our language is being formulated. It's not that we're just speaking English, English every single day. We're actually conversing in emojis, we're conversing in hashtags, and those ingredients combined will then drive engagement. Now, you might not believe me in this, but here's a research report from Adobe, which came out, this report came out two years ago, and there's a new one called the Adobe Emoji Trend Report for this year as well. But here's a staggering research, 58% uplift in engagement for the use of emojis and 64% uplift in in, uh, in uh, purchase intent. And there's another research here that the same same company, Adobe, 42% of global emoji users are more likely to purchase products that are advertised using emojis. So now you're wondering, oh yeah, that makes sense because we're all cavemen at the end of the day. We like our visuals, which is why Pinterest is doing well, TikTok is doing well. Any medium where we can converse with one another in a visual medium, uh, a visual way is doing really well. Now, on top of that, like I said, maybe you want to have a call to action. So in this case would be a link. Ideally, it's your blog so you can drive traffic back to your website. But what will then happen is that it's going to start picking out uh, quotes for you, hashtags for you based on what the article is about, emojis for you as well. And if you want to fi grab an image based on what you typed in, so for earlier, it'll, if you click the purple dot, it'll find images for you as well. So now you have a gr another ingredient, which is very important, which is a visual ingredient, which is an image or a video. And if you have the link there, you have a thumbnail that populates in most cases, except for Instagram, of course. And those things combined are really what drives engagement, in our opinion, and, and you know purchase intent and call to action, essentially. So this is really interesting, this tool that you've built built um you know good to know that emojis are really successful uh and and are are kind of trending in the idea of open rates and this probably applies to uh emails as well right i mean this this doesn't this is not just only uh happening on social so it's it's good to know that so i, I have a couple more important questions our, our guests are used to quick listen so let's get into uh quickly about frequency and then my final question which is one of my most important ones so frequency Real quick, how often should you be posting? So the visual mediums that tend to be very focused on, for example, TikTok and Instagram, you want to be less uh, less is more uh, of a mindset. Uh, so you don't want to post every single day, multiple times a day. That's very much about Twitter because Twitter is so fast and very few people are, in terms of your followers will see your tweets. Um, it's a, it's just a very fast-paced platform. As far as slow-paced platform concerned, you want to go with TikTok and Instagram a couple of times a week, not more than that, and see what content what kind of content is resonating to your point, Julian, earlier, know your audience. And then as far as Facebook groups are concerned, Facebook pages are concerned, um, four or five times a week uh, would be would be ideal, not nothing more. And LinkedIn, you want to be very, very sparingly as well. You don't want to over over uh, share with your audience and, and get them, because a very professional audience, they have a lot to do and they can really keep up with everything that you're sharing all the time. You want to make sure it's very value-based content. So on LinkedIn, make sure that there are tips and tricks. There is something that people are willing to reshare. Uh, Facebook tends to be very much about, hey, look at me, I did something really cool, and then people will like it and comment and share on it. Um, birthdays and things like the anniversaries but when, when it comes to LinkedIn and even Facebook groups you have to be very value focused so in our Facebook group content masters you will see us posting a little bit about how much we're raising capital and you know how much we're doing revenue but most of the content is actually around 
uh, tips and tricks on social media, uh, ways to get ahead, how to use a product to get ahead, which is our platform and things of that nature. Um, and of course, visually, you want to make sure that Pinterest, Instagram, and, and TikTok, you're very sparingly over there um, in terms of posting. And you want to make sure that that image is make it or break it moment. You want clear uh, terminologies, clear text. You don't want too much clutter and a clear call to action in the bio as well. Because most of the time people will say, well, link in the bio, click on the bio. And that's how people get traffic back. I 100% agree with you. I mean, there's certain platforms where the cadence is you, you got to be more frequent and there's some that isn't. I, I really like what you said about LinkedIn. Um, I've had lots of people on this show talking about LinkedIn and um, the sentiment is about the same is um, even even more recent. One of the episodes, uh, someone said that, hey, the less you post, the more people wonder where you are. Right. So it, it, it is very interesting. So Let's end this by asking one final super important question because I, I hate thinking about these strategies right now and not thinking about the future. I think we need to think about where we're going because we need to be prepared for it. So what's the future hold for us in the world of social? What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, it's interesting you mentioned that because <clears throat> we just came out of 2020 and, and a year where the pandemic really reset our minds, both as a consumer as well as a marketer, con you know, marketing to consumers. And we realized that the rise of social audio, uh, the rise of social media uh, marketing within the scope of uh, smart speaker marketing is actually two very, very critical topics. And I know we're going to do another, ep another episode on the future of those topics alone. But I do feel that small businesses and underdogs really have to focus on those two elements. One is audio is here to stay, streaming and broadcasting are here to stay. Uh, stay. How do you get into the mix of all that? Um, and of course, on top of that, those two you know, mediums being uh, obviously very true, how do you get on top of the aspects we talked about earlier, which is calendars, uh, content, reusing content, evergreen content, so that, because in the future, what's going to happen is all these companies, all these small businesses are going to be competing against each other for attention. The ones that get these strategies right are the ones that are going to be seen the most and going to be followed the most and make the most money. Um, so a couple of things to keep in mind is just smart speaker marketing, look it up. It's here to stay. Uh, social audio is here to stay. Clubhouse is a great example. If you're not doing rooms, if you're not nurturing that audience in real time, or even doing Facebook rooms, which is a competitor to Clubhouse, um, those things are very, very important. And make sure those strategies we talked about earlier in the show, you're employing those now and more so in the future as well, because there is no other way to keep up with an, a, a limited budget because your competitors, they have an unlimited marketing budget. Um, so those things are to keep in mind as well. And of course, we talked about you know some of the patents that we have around emojis. We're just going to be becoming more and more visual, whether you like it or not. We're cavemen at the end of the day. So the faster you can get to the point, the faster you can get to you know the call to action visually, it's going to be very critical. No, I, I appreciate you bringing that up because it is very interesting, the direction we're heading. And I am very excited to bring you back on the show um, to talk about smart, smart speaker marketing. It's something that's been on my, I think I've been thinking about it for a year and I haven't been able to dub deep into it. So I can't wait to have you back on the show. Arjun, thank you so much. Hey guys, if you haven't already looked, you haven't already gone to his website, hellowoofy, is it .com, .org, what is it? 
Yep, h e l l o w o o f y dot com. Hit me up. Ask you know, tell me your story. I really want to know how you're building your underdog business, your small business, because that really helps us figure out who our audience is, how we can help more, more and more small businesses around the world. And tell me what would be the one feature that you would really, really wish a social media scheduler, or in our case, a blog scheduler, and a smart speaker scheduler would really build for you, specifically you and your underdog business. So hellowoofy.com. It'll be in the show notes. And um, do, do do they get a free trial? What does it look like? Yeah, we're happy to give a discount. I'll, I'll send you a code that you can use for your audience as well. But uh, like I said, feedback's the most important thing. We're an early stage company. And if the if the campaign is still available when the show airs, you can go to wefunder.com slash hellowoofy. And you can invest as low as $100 into a company that is scaling with our underdogs. That's amazing. All right, Arjun. Well, thank you so much for coming to the show. Looking forward to having you back soon. All right, virtual hugs. Later, guys.